What's up, FimFam? Welcome back. This is episode number seven, and this is going to be our first PPCCMM episode. What the heck does that stand for? It stands for Personal Points, Coach's Corner, and Motivational Monday. So really, this is just time for me to sit back, kind of talk about some points, opinions, and suggestions, get them off my shoulders, things that I've been sort of pondering on for the last couple weeks since my last episode, and just get them out there. And hopefully it's still, again, is helpful for for all of you out there, helps put your fitness into motion. But really, it's just things that are on my mind and I want to get out into the virtual world. But anyway, today's two topics, we talk about how important is percent body fat and then how do you view the gym? Pretty simple questions. I think we do a good job diving into it. If you have questions or you think that my content is trash or that you have any feedback whatsoever, at the very end, I give you my social media information, but you can always reach me uh, on whatever platform you are listening to me on. But that's all I'm going to say for the intro. So let's get into today's episode. See you later. Welcome back, everyone, to the Fitness in Motion podcast. I'm your host, Kyler Eide, and I'm fired up for today's episode, number seven. And as you might know, I release episodes every two weeks. So number seven, carry the one, blah, blah, blah. That means we've been doing this for a little over three months, which is crazy. It feels like I just started this podcast a couple weeks ago, but that's not the case. We are deep into this, and we're going to keep the train going. I'm having a blast. Um, I'm really enjoying, you know, gathering information and data for all of you to present in certain episodes. Hopefully you're enjoying th- this. I appreciate every single one of you for all of the feedback or just being a consistent listener. If you're new to the ep- or new to the podcast, uh, please go through the other episodes, uh, read the description, let me know what you think. Uh, but let's go into today's content. So it's going to be a little refresher. It's going to be a little different than regular programming. I'm going to call it the PPCCMM type of episode. So what does that mean? I'm going to go over some personal points. We're going to be talking more from the coach's corner. And there's maybe using some of this content as like a motivational Monday for you. And uh, I I sort of came up with this, this term, but I really had, funny story, I kind of had to do a quick Google search to make sure that PPCCMM wasn't like this random underground cult group or something weird like that. But after asking the Goog, I didn't find anything weird. So I'm just going to keep rolling with that. So every now and then, I, I hope to keep having these PPCCMM centered episodes where we can just sit back in a more relaxed conversation like atmosphere, go over some of the personal points I have on some topics, um, just talk about some coaching uh, opinions that I've gathered over the years, and maybe even just, again, giving you some motivational Mondays to start the week. Okay. So after all of that, um, well, you know what? One, one other thing, uh, someone, let's see, I guess about a couple of weeks ago after I released my episode six, uh, someone had reached out and asked if the, the person on the thumb thumbnail picture, like the thumbnail picture of fitness in motion, if that's me, um, no, that is not me it is actually a, a photo. I, I chose from 
um, the anchor platform that I use to make this podcast, it, they have like a bunch of templates that I can use. And that one seemed to really resonate with me because of course the content that I provide, I want that to help you guys put your fitness into motion and, uh, the visual part of it, you know, of just getting a jump start or just keeping your momentum going. I felt like the picture did a really good job of that. Uh, but the person in the photo is not me. I guess if you you are really curious on what I look like or who I am, I always provide like my my social media tag, like my Instagram tag, and you can always search me or reach out to me on that. Um, but the short answer is no, that is not me. It's just some random dude, uh, a random photo. Thank you for him. Uh, but no, that's not me. So let's jump into the material. The two topics we are going to be covering the first one, measuring percent body fat, especially if you're out there and you're me measuring your percent body fat when tracking your own progress. When you're trying to hit your health and fitness goals, right? And we're going to deep dive into that. It's something simple or so we think, uh, but I just want to share some of my opinions on it, uh, maybe some better ways to do that or other things you can focus on. But the first one is measuring percent body fat. The second topic is just the gym world in general, right? What the hell is the gym? Or what should the gym be? Or how can we look at the gym differently? And that one, I'm gonna, I've always been passionate about that. And just to give you again, a brief background, if you haven't read the description yet, or don't know me, uh, I went to undergrad for biology and exercise science. And then I went in a went to grad school and went through a more clinical exercise physiology program. And then after that, I had some careers in like cardiac rehab as an exercise physiologist. And then I worked in a pacemaker clinic or like a medical device clinic. And then now I currently work at Lifetime Fitness here in Lakeville, Minnesota uh, as a personal trainer or just as we call fitness professionals. And so when you look back at my background, obviously I, I, um, I feel like I have uh, the education and the background maybe a little bit different than, than other coaches or personal trainers or fitness professionals out there. You know, I'm not saying in a good or a bad way. It just, in my opinion, it's, it's a little different. So then I can sometimes look at fitness or sometimes I look at health or the medical field a little differently. And then therefore I have different opinions or different approaches than others. And I just wanted to share that out there. And again, I'm not saying mine's better or theirs is worse. It just is what it is. And when we talk about the gym, I do look at the gym differently, even though I work at one, just because of the background and experiences I have had. Okay, that's about enough of the intro. So moving on. So who out there has never measured their percent body fat? I feel like everyone has at least done it once in their life or is currently consistently measuring their percent body fat. But let's talk about it. Really, two, two main things I want to go over. I know it just measuring percent body fat seems so simple. It seems like something that everyone is chasing out there. But two main things before we get started on this one. One, like... The end goal shouldn't be getting down to like 0% body fat. I know a lot of people out there, a lot of clients, a lot of friends and family members that are feeling the best and looking the best they ever have. Uh, but that doesn't mean the percent body fat is the lowest, right? It's just one thing out of a million things that we can look at as far as health and fitness. Uh, but again, we just, everyone seems to be focused on it, which is why I wanted to talk about that. But that's the first one. The second one, 
there are a lot of things that we need to improve or work on or focus on just to improve this one number. And we're going to be going over those. Like there's not one thing or one trick that I'm going to give you to lower this one thing called percent body fat. Like it literally is an accumulation of things or just a long list of things. So we're going to start going over that too. So I'm just going to preface that with all of that. But uh, let's start with how do we measure our percent body fat and what are some potentially other things that we can do to measure percent body fat? I don't know about you, but now that I work at a gym, I see two different easy ways to, to measure percent body fat. One is going to be the skin caliper, like the pinch test. And so if you've ever seen you know, a fitness professional, a trainer or a coach or, or someone pinching someone for fun, that's what that is. So we can do like a three site pinch test on the body or a seven site pinch test. And yes, as I'm saying that I'm sitting here pinching myself. Uh, but what that is essentially is we're pinching the skin and we're measuring like subdermal fat right underneath the skin fat. What we're, what we're not doing is like measuring the visceral fat stores. So like the one, the more intrinsic fat deposits, like in between all of our inter internal organs, we're just getting underneath the skin. So there can be some accuracy or, 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 you know, lack of accuracy with that method. Uh, I do, I do that method of, with a few of my clients, just because some of their goals, they're, they're wanting some like localized improvements. Like they want to see the back of their arms lean out, maybe, you know, between the shoulder blades, uh, around the belly button. So then that's one of many things we're doing just to, you know, have some weekly wins and just some, uh, one of like 20 things that we're tracking. Um, but again, you were just pinching the test, or sorry, pinching the test, pinching the skin and measuring that, putting it into a calculator and an equation, and then finding out our, like our lean mass and our fat mass, all that good stuff. Some things that we need to look out for, obviously human error comes into effect depending on the person, the accuracy that they can do when pinching the skin, if they're pinching too much, if they're pinching not enough, if they're not actually pinching the right sites, uh, that can skew the end results. But there's one method that we see. And then the second one we see a lot are those weird scales, right? That you stand on or you hold and do all that stuff. And then you, you just kind of sit there and you know, stand there in silence. And hopefully that it gives us all this magical things. Uh, those are called BIA scales. And that just stands for bioelectrical impedance analysis. So blah, 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 blah. So some long words that really mean it's going to send a soft current through you. It doesn't tickle. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't shock you, but it's sending a current through your body. And that current will travel at different speeds, depending on if it's going through bone mass, lean muscle tissue, or fat tissue. So different tissues have different conductivity levels. And then, uh, the ones at, at our lifetime fitness clubs, it gives us overall weight. It gives us muscle tissue in pounds uh, and then fat, uh, fat tissue levels. That can be great too. And again, these two methods I named off of the BIA scales and this, the, the, um, the skin caliper tests, those are great if they are one of many things that you're tracking. Uh, they're cheap, they're convenient, and they're user-friendly. Uh, but again, it's just, it can be one small piece of the puzzle versus just the only part of the puzzle, the only puzzle itself. Uh, it shouldn't be something that you measure and then it dictates, you know, your mood for the rest of the day, the rest of the week. It's just getting a snapshot of the state of the state of your body then. And then we can use that data to either, you know, change up 
uh, your programming or then using that data to, to create a bigger list of things that we can track. Um, but those are the, the more popular things we see in the gym. Now, some other ways to measure percent body fat are like the DEXA scans. So that just stands for dual energy x-ray absorptiometry. Long words for someone like me to say again, but DEXA scans, there's air displacement methods, they're underwater weighing methods, things that tend to be a little bit more accurate or a lot more accurate, uh, but they tend to be sometimes a little more, a little more invasive, a little bit more expensive. These are the type of methods I usually picture at like human performance labs, uh, college campuses or universities. If you've never uh, done one of those tests, they are actually super cool. Uh, you get a lot of cool data, but we just don't see those in the gym. So once you've measured your percent body fat, or at least have a good idea of what your, you know, your initial body composition levels are, as a coach, this is what then I use that data for and explain it to the client or member. So if this is, you know, lowering their percent body fat is one of their main goals, either, you know, their, their, their number one goal or just their top three, you kind of have to have the conversation that there are, there's a lot that goes into lowering some, lowering someone's percent body fat. And the, the easiest way I explain this is, you know, the body is, again, is built to adapt to do all this cool stuff. Um, usually your body loves to hang on to fat and sometimes it takes some extra convincing to increase muscle. So hearing your goals, when we look at like the biology of your body, your goals always tends to be like the opposite of what your body wants to do, right? It, we wanna lower, lower our percent body fat, and we wanna increase our muscle, but sometimes your body's like, you know what, let's hold on to fat and let's not actually invest a lot of time and energy getting more muscle. How cool is that? No. So we have to do a lot of things if you want to lower your percent body fat. And here's just a brief, brief list, a couple things that you can focus on if this is truly one of your primary goals. And if you're out there and you're like, wow, I'm not doing like any of those or just a couple of them, hopefully this is just a call, call to action of, okay, well, here are some other things you can work on. And then you'll eventually probably find some more things to track. Uh, and then here we are in a better place. So anyway, here's the list of some things that you can focus on if you truly want to lower this number. So one, muscle density. I have an episode talking about muscle and how it's no longer a dumb tissue. Muscle does so much for our bodies, it, you know, apart from just looking and being stronger, it does a lot as far as like increasing our resting metabolic rate. It does a lot with just telling our body to regulate blood sugar better and then keeping our hormone profiles in check. Uh, it just, it, it is a, an awesome tissue. So doing the right things in your program to at least maintain, if not increase your muscle, that's going to help uh, when it comes to attacking your, your percent body fat goal. Another one's going to be recovery. So you, uh, to keep it simple, like our nervous system has like, I'm going to say this lightly, but two different switches or two different types of modes. So it has parasympathetic, it has sympathetic. So sympathetic is going to be our fight or flight mode when it turns on this sympathetic version of us, right? And then all of a sudden we're getting ready to, to fight or flight. We're getting ready to attack, a you know, fight off a bear or run away or get ready for exercise. So heart rate goes up, eye, eyes dilate, pupils dilate, sorry, uh, blood pressure goes up. We, we're getting ready for battle. And by battle, I mean like exercise or just running away from something, running away from danger. Parasympathetic is going to be the opposite. It's going to be the rest and digest uh, mode that our body goes in. 
And I bring up that because there are a lot of cool hormonal things, processes, pathways, uh, our, our muscles are in a different state, our fat stores um, get used up, blood sugar changes, um, immune system is suppressed. So we're going to like this fight mode. Um, but if we are, you know, if we're stressed out, we're not recovering, we're just go, go, go and overtraining, we never really shut that off. We never really give our, our body time to just take a deep breath, go into parasympathetic mode where we have these other hormonal pathways and processes, you know, and just it doesn't give our body the ability or doesn't give it a good shot to metabolize fat, you know, do all of these other cool recovery things um, because we're always on the go, go, go. So that's when that's why I say recovery, because we just got to give our body the best chance uh, to lower lowering these fat deposits because this is a big goal of yours. Another one's going to be nourishment. So really just quite simply making sure that you're not depleted or deficient in your correct, let's say, macronutrients or micronutrients. So yes, this is talking about the carbs, the fats, the proteins. It's even talking about just the right, uh, making sure we're not deficient in like our minerals and vitamins. Um, so like vitamin D and all, you know, folic acid, all of these cool things that we sometimes forget about. Uh, but your body needs certain certain levels of these. Like we need to make sure that we're tapped off and we're ready to go. And if we're always deficient, uh, sometimes that can move down the road or sorry, sometimes that can just like cascade into something that just gives us uh, the inability to metabolize fat or do all of these cool things that we want. And then lastly, I put program design. So just this is just you know, it just on a, like a monthly or weekly um, mapping of your routine, making sure that you have like the right days where you're working on strength training, you're working on cardio, you're working on resting recovery days, you're working on, you know, program designing leading up to a certain date or event. Let's say if you're training for, I don't know, your wedding, that's six months down the road, program design can help you with that. So we're, you know, from week to week and month to month, you're peaking at certain times, you're, you're focusing on, let's say, percent body fat, you know, two to four weeks, and then you're working on muscle, and then you're doing these different things. Um, and program design is just where coaching can come in. Uh, you might know the ins and outs of like dumbbells and machines and cardio machines and group fitness classes. But sometimes it helps to have someone map that out for you, especially if you have a specific date and a deadline that you're training for. Um, and then also, I guess the, the part of the coaching I have here, like time budget, uh, you might have the best program in the world sitting right in front of you. You're reading it and it it's it maps out everything. So you hit your percent body fat goals, your, your uh, energy levels are still up, you're feeling great and it's all mapped out for you, but it just doesn't fit with the time budget that you have. Whether you have 20 minutes in the gym every day, two hours, if you have, you can only get in the gym two days versus six days, um, all of that stuff uh, comes from just coaching or program design so that you can fit all of this cool stuff now that you've learned and are confident in doing. And you could just map it out uh, so you don't have to sacrifice like fun or family or your own fitness uh, just because you don't have the time to do it. So, one last thing, you guys, on this topic of percent body fat. Uh, I wanted to create some, uh, give you this example, almost like this analogy of when you're trying to hit some some health and fitness goals of yours. But again, in this example, it's more percent body fat. But this can go with just hitting any goal of yours, health and fitness uh, in general. But uh, let's think about this like like when we went to school. 
So when we went to school and you had, you know, a, a, a specific subject that you were going to be majoring in, eventually all of your classes and everything that you did and the way that you studied was gearing you more towards being able to specialize in this subject. So let's just say like, like math, right? Um, but as far as just being a healthy human being, like your body needs to be good at like everything. We can't just be living as a person who's just specializing in being lean. Like I know a lot of very lean people with low percent body fat metrics that are just not healthy. Like they're either their mental health is, is not the greatest or their hormones are all out of whack. Their gut health is trash. Um, you know, all they do, they don't have a good, uh, like, I don't know, like overall life experience because all they do is work out, but they're lean, you know, so they're specializing and they're majoring and being lean. Um, but when it comes again, health and fitness, we need to be like well-rounded individuals. Uh, so, so how do we, how do we approach that? Like, how do we approach this? If this was school being able to major in more than one majors at, at one time without it being taxing and like overwhelming. So the examples I have, if we're, we're thinking about school, is who benefits more? I'm gonna give you three examples. One, the person who reads like eight textbook chapters every day and also takes three tests every day. It seems like they're doing a lot, but are they getting a lot done? So sometimes this can be the type of person who you know works out eight hours a day. Right. And it's just go because they're, they're doing a lot. But are they getting a lot done or are they potentially, you know, increasing, increasing risk of injury or burnout or uh, totally depleting their bodies of everything and then not giving them enough time to to recover? Um, the second example is like another person who might read one chapter every week, but only takes one test once a year. Like that's a little bit more sustainable. Right. Um, one chapter every week. Uh, takes a test one once a year, uh, but for some of us that can be uh, that can take too long, right? It can be it can be demotivating, and they might not graduate or get to their goals five, eight, ten, twenty, thirty years down the road. Um, so I feel like we can do a little better than that, right? We can we can we can uh, give them some some sooner deadlines. Um, we can still move the needle a little bit faster. And then the third example, you guessed it. This is probably going to be closer to optimal. But someone who just builds their own curriculum at the beginning so they can know when to methodically study on their own and take their tests on their own to have a certain graduate graduation deadline. So this is, again, hopefully this, <laughs> this was an easy test. Uh, number three, we don't want to go balls to the walls, right? We don't want to be someone who just gets to 0% body fat in three days. Um, and then all of a sudden for the rest of their life, they're struggling as a healthy human being. But at the same time, we don't also want to be going through school for the rest of our life um, and never seeing the results that we want, especially if percent, bo percent body fat is, is a big marker because we're only focusing on that one metric. And by the time we get you know 20 years down the road, um, we might not be seeing that progress. But the third one is let's make sure that we hit it. we're hitting those things like muscle density, we're working on recovery, nourishment, getting the program and program design and curriculum set so that if we have, you know, if we find ourselves falling off track because we go on vacation or we, we get sick for three days or um, we just take some pressure off of ourselves um, if, we, if we miss, 
you know, a workout one day or something. Uh, at least we know where track is if we fall off track. So we know how to bounce back or therefore bounce forward. All right, guys, hopefully that made sense. I know we started talking about more just percent body fat and what that looks like. And it kind of just bled into talking about chasing just general health and fitness goals as a whole. But uh, you always can reach out to me if you have questions or if you have more things on your mind that you want to talk about. But let's sort of transition to the end of the episode talking about the second point of ours and just how we can look at the gym or how you guys can start looking at the gym differently. Now, throughout my years of how what am I 32 almost 32 years old now and I've only you know been out of school for I don't know a decade or so but um, through my experiences and now working at a gym I feel like the gym experience has definitely changed and taken a 180 than what it was a decade two decades ago so now it's like you know you might see these people or be one of these people where going to the gym means you know checking in on Facebook to prove that you're working on your health or um, going there and just enjoying a class with some of your friends or, uh, you know, having a spot where you can, you know, take pictures of, of some of your workouts and post them on Instagram. <laughs> That's me. But anyway, uh, instead of just working on health, working on engineering fatigue, um, you know, working on movement mastery, there's a lot of cool things we use the gym for that I feel like are being super underutilized. Uh, and that's what I wanted to bring to your guys' attention. So when I think of think of the gym, what I think of is a place to, I already mentioned this, but engineer fatigue, right? Go there and get a certain stimulus for your body that is parallel with your goals. Another one is improve movement quality, like free weights, machines. What This is a, a nice controlled environment to make sure that we're, we, are, we can still move as a healthy human being and then decreasing risk of injury or just enhancing the way that we move. Uh, we can work on recovery. We can work on rehabbing. Like if you're someone who's returning from injury, um, literally everything that I've talked about leading up to this point or leading up in the previous episodes, um, this is like our fitness factory. This is the our, our, our place that we can just work on whatever metrics and goals that you have. Uh, they just happen to be in the form of resistance machines, cardio machines, classes, yoga, Pilates studios, saunas, they just come in the form of that. But we can look at, again, these physiological things that we're, we're trying to improve. Uh, and hopefully we don't veer off too far from that to all of a sudden it just turns into a place where we go uh, to post on Instagram. Like that's great and all, if that's you. Um, but again, hopefully we're not veering too far off of what the what the overall goal is. Um, and with that, I, I realize now too that there are barriers. Like when I talk to my clients and families and friends when talking about what they do at the gym or why they don't do certain things, I realize that now because of what how our gyms are laid out or just what the vibe is at your specific gym, there are certain barriers that really limit our potential. And I wanted to put those out there. So if you feel like some of these barriers pertain to you, like reach out, like they are very normal. Um, but I, I want to make sure that, again, you're not deprived of your results just because of how now our gyms are laid out and stopping you from getting to your goals that you want. So some other, here's a list of things like, I feel like what we do at the gym we only do because we worry about like what people might think of us, right? We want to go to the resistance training machines, 
but we're worried about what like, you know, Joe Schmo uh, might think of us. So then we stay in our own corner. Like that can be a barrier. Uh, we might only choose to use certain machines or participate in certain classes because uh, people we know do that or friends or family has have encouraged us. So an example, I used to back home, I used to uh, do several days of body pump, which actually ended up being really super cool. Um, but I realized I was doing that because my mom was doing that it was the only thing she was comfortable doing, which is great. I'm not knocking that at all. But um, I don't do that anymore because I don't work out with my mom anymore. But that just goes to show like um, your routine is dictated a lot by who who surround who, who you are surrounded by, um, which can be a very good thing or a very bad thing. They might have different goals, but yet you're doing their routine and getting further away from achieving your goals. So just something to think about. Another thing, too, is sometimes we, we don't feel confident using most tools or resources that are available in our gym. Um, so then we just, you know, resort back to our own cardio, cardio machine or resort back to or just our, you know, our just the couple things that we are confident in doing. So this goes back to just uh, confident levels, not just because, you know, you don't have enough confidence or maybe because others in the gym, since it is a public area, are limiting our confidence, therefore limiting what we do there. Um, and then I had a I had an episode talking about like social media influencers. Um, a lot of us are doing things we see uh, and watch on social media, and it just goes back to like, do they know what they're doing, right? And 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 from that, if they do, that's great. Like they're using that social media platform to then provide education. If you know if they have the right background and credentials, and you're getting that off of social media, that is great. But if they've gained a big following just because they create these crazy workouts, those crazy workouts might be fun. But again, after like three, six, 12 months, um, if you're not getting you to your goals, it's it might just be because these crazy workouts that were fun at the beginning, just they're not moving the needle for you. So I, I do realize that there are a lot of barriers that have come up in the present day now that were not around maybe so much, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, but uh, just realizing and understanding that the gym is no longer like this dirty place with like, you know, chains, chalk and, and metal plates anymore. It's become more commercialized, right? It's become more fancy, more, uh, more accessible to, to the average Joe, which is super cool. Um, but again, like there, if we just go down to it on, on what the gym was built for, it's not like we built this place called a gym and then figured out, holy crap, we could probably have humans come here on a weekly basis to get healthy. No, like we, we understood what, what stimuli had to happen for human bodies to get healthier or, or fitter. And then we created machines and routines and classes to help you with that. So, um, at our gym, I know that we have, I don't know, I'm going to get this number wrong, but tens of thousands of, of members. So therefore, we have to have a lot of classes, a lot of different machines, a lot of resources to accommodate for all of these members. Um, but that can make it intimidating because all of a sudden we have thousands of machines on the fitness floor and we need to figure out what machines are right for Kyler, right? Or for you or for whoever else. Um, and it can be a very overwhelming, like whirlwind of a process to figure that out. Um, but reach out to me, reach out to someone at your gym, reach out to someone who you know, who specializes in health and fitness and coaching. Um, but hopefully that did help you look at 
a gym differently. Um, I like the term fitness factory because it just it brings about um, the, the vision, I guess, I have of, of how we can use this four walled place. Um, but anyway, guys, like I'm thankful for the like the schooling and education I have received. Like, like it gave me a, a, a way better understanding of how the body operates, how it adapts to certain things, what it rejects, or just how we can use movement as medicine, right? Or how we can use exercise for health, not just to look good. So if I achieve anything with this podcast, it will be continuing relaying this information to all of you from my previous education and experiences. And I know that I'm going to continue learning, right, and and creating more experiences down the road. So I want to continue relaying that off to you guys. I mean, we're in this together, right? Um, I don't know where the fitness industry is going to be in five or 50 years. Uh, I know that it's probably going to be changing and constantly changing, hopefully for the better. But again, we're all in this together. Our main goal and mission is the same, is to keep our fitness in motion. So that's exactly what we're going to do. The music means we are done. Episode number seven is officially over. Uh, Hopefully all of you enjoyed that. Again, I'm gonna be sprinkling in a lot more of these PPCCMM episodes just so I can get some topics and opinions and things off my shoulders that hopefully still help all of you out there put your fitness into motion. But anyways, guys, uh, every two weeks, Every two weeks on Monday, I will be releasing a new episode, and I a lot now. Um, a lot of the content I'm providing uh, is coming from a lot of my clients um, or a lot of your feedback that you are giving me. I still have a few topics from the very get-go that I wanted to go over, but I've been more intrigued on just gathering information for all of you. So eventually, we're going to be getting to both of those. But um, episode number seven, we're going to keep this going on. Again, I'm going to give you my social media uh, information so you can reach out to me or you can reach out to me on whatever platform you are listening to me on. My Instagram is Kyler underscore alpha underscore fitness. See you guys in two weeks and I hope you have the best two weeks ever. See you on the future episodes.